Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Earlier this month, the Australian Professional Leagues reached an agreement with private equity firm Silver Lake, you'll know that name, which purchased a 33.3% share of the group for an estimated, this is the, the roundabout number, uh, around $130 million. It's the largest single injection of capital into Australian football in its professional history. And in addition to other major financial partnerships with uh, Television Network 10, Paramount Plus, Asusa Ute, Liberty, Priceline, McDonald's, the A-League are arguably their best financial position of their existence, which uh, makes Danny Townsend, their CEO, a very happy man. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. So uh, when, I, when I read out those numbers and all those uh, sponsors, you are a happy man. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, content is probably a better word. We've got a lot of work, um, you know, money Money is helpful and it's important in order for us to, to you know, kickstart and reimagine um, football both in Australia and New Zealand. But importantly, it's what you do with it that will define how successful we will be. So as much as, yes, I'm happy it's, it's there, but it's, it's now the, the hard work starts in deploying that capital to ensure we get the results we need. Danny, was it a must-do situation to go private equity to to keep the league viable? I think not necessarily. We could have kept going on the way we were going, but I think we all realised that our game has such huge potential, um, and it has had for a long time. Other codes, both here and I'm sure in New Zealand, um, would, would refer to it as a bit of a sleeping giant because we haven't been able to connect you know, our enormous strengths at the participation level and the fan level into being connected to the domestic competition. And I think that's, that opportunity, um, the ability to unlock that, that potential takes investment. And we've all seen fantastic ideas fail due to being undercapitalised and we didn't want to see football sort of just roll along without the opportunity to, to take on the others. And, and to do that, you need you need adequate funds. So that was really the reason we, we took it um, to the markets and, and we were... Yeah, really excited to see the interest in it and, and the belief in, in our, our strategy and Silver Lake are a sophisticated global investor and, and for them to be able to identify Australian and New Zealand footballers, um, you know, an opportunity to invest in, I think that really gave us a huge amount of confidence. Before we talk about where that money you see being spent over time, before going into this deal, did you get the sign off from the Professional Players Association say, this is a good thing for the game? Are they buying into it? 100%. You know, we've got a fantastic relationship with the PFA they understand that the ability for the players to earn is uh, intrinsically tied to the football economy and the ability for us to deliver um, you know, a connection between football fans and our professional sport enables them to get paid. And the more successful we are 
as APL, the better the football ecosystem that they're a part of and, and the flow on back to them in terms of wages is, is clear and our CBA is structured that way. So, yeah, they've been with us every step of the way. They've been involved and, and um, they've been a great partner for us. Danny, there's been some criticism of the A-League that you don't really have marquee players anymore. You know, when it first started out, there were, there were ex-EPL players, the whole nine yards coming across to play, and it really was an attraction to put eyeballs on the game. That doesn't seem to be there now. Will some of this money be used for marquee player buys? Yeah, possibly. I wouldn't say probably, though, because I think, you know, you've got to look at a strategy that's going to deliver sustainable long-term success. You know, you've seen... You know, the likes of Del Piero at Sydney FC, you know, you've seen others come into the league, David Villa. Um, and, and we'll continue to see those. You've got Daniel Sturridge this year, who's, who's won multiple Champions Leagues and played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. So we're going to have um, marquee talent come in and out of our, our game. But that's that's a sugar hit, and it's an important one, and it's one that I'm sure we're, we're going to take advantage of. But it's building, you know, a sustainable connection with football fans who, if you look at our strategy, it's, it's about tapping into the football fans that currently don't support the A-League. So we've got you know, survey data records that tell us there's 7 million football fans across Australia and New Zealand, yet only 2.5 million of those identify as fans of the A-League. So how do we go and get that 4.5 million who already love football to love our football? And that that's about adjacency, that's about a digital connection, which is all core to our strategy of, of connecting and uniting football. So how do you see that connection working? Because, you know, it is a buzz right nowadays. You talk about digital strategy. The whole nine year, the whole nine yards. But how do you see your strategy playing out to tap into those four four, four million extra that you want to be putting eyeballs on the A League? Yeah, look, I think you, you'll see. I hope you've had the chance to look at Keep Up, which is our, our new digital platform that we launched prior to the start of this, this current season. You know, we deliberately went after creating Australia and New Zealand home of football, not the home of football in Australia and New Zealand, because the difference is is that one of them. Would be, would be a platform for our domestic competitions. The the one that we've launched is one that is covering all of football. So there'll be obviously a, a strong skew to, to A-League content and, and information, but it's adjacent to the Premier League, the Bundesliga, the Serie A, the La Liga, because that's where those other fans uh, are congregating. So we had, traditionally our sport had sort of seg- segregated itself from the rest, saying, you know, we're not the Premier League, we're not La Liga. With, with the domestic competition in Australia and New Zealand. But, but in reality, that was doing us a disservice. What we need to do is have some adjacency whereby, you know, a Liverpool fan who lives, you know, in Perth is, is seeing Daniel Sturridge score goals for Perth Glory in the same feed that they're seeing, you know, um, uh, Mohamed Salah scoring mm-hmm. goals for Liverpool and seeing that that quality is there. But it is, yes, it might not be as technical or as fast as the Premier League but it's uncompromising you know, the players are fit, they're scoring great goals they're young and that might start to, to get that fan more interested in the Perth Glory and then the next phase would be he goes to a game or she goes to a game and enjoys the atmosphere and then suddenly becomes a member and then you've got a season mm. ticket holder and I think yeah. that's the journey of connection that we need to make and that's what we're focused on at the moment You are listening to Danny Townsend the CEO of the uh, A-League which is run by the Australian Professional League, it's completely separate now from the FFA. The other important part of this equation is the Women's A-League and the growth of women's football. 
Will a chunk of this money be directed that way? Because as you and I both know, women's football popularity is enormous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we see that as an enormous part of our strategy. When you look at you know what we've got in front of us as, as two countries with you know our, our co-hosting of the Women's World Cup in 2023, you know, that's 30 days out of 30 years that, that we need to take advantage of, but it won't... Those 30 days won't define how successful we are collectively in growing the women's game. It's going to be what we do between now and then and what we do in the years after that. So, And, and like I said at the start, that all takes investment. You know, you've seen already with the inclusion of the Wellington Phoenix in, in the um, Liberty Financial League's women, that's an important step. And next year we're bringing in two more teams and then we'll look to expand the number of games they play. And you know, we, we've done a landmark CBA that drives towards equality of facilities. So you know, these, are, these are all bricks in the wall that we need to put in place to ensure that when that the eyes of the world are on Australian New Zealand in 2023, that you know, all of the young aspiring female athletes in our two countries want to play for the national team, want to play football over other sports. I think we can definitely do that. Danny, you would be aware on this side of the Tasman that New Zealand rugby have been trying to strike a deal with the people that you have struck a deal with, Silver Lake, but there has been real pushback from the Rugby Players Association. They're, they're concerned about you know losing control of the commercial arm of their game. What would you say to the Rugby Players Association about the Silver Lake deal and dealing with them and, and what they foresee in pushing your game forward? Yeah, look, I don't know the, the internal machinations of, of New Zealand Rugby, the Players Association and, and the Silver Lake deal, but what I can say is that, you know, in order for sports to stay relevant, you've got to be well capitalised and you've got to be bold. You've got to take risks. And, and, and those risks have obviously got to be calculated risks. And the way we look at it is that having expertise is really important and and I think when you look at our our process we had plenty of local private equity companies wanting to invest the reason we went with Silver Lake is because their portfolio companies have enormous uh, knowledge transfer for us to tap into you think of the likes of UFC you think of what they've done with even direct consumer businesses like Peloton you know these businesses are uh, have got strategies and have, have been successful in delivering on, on an area that we're really leaning in on. We want to build direct-to-consumer muscle for football. We're investing in it heavily with our digital and data infrastructure. Those companies that Silver Lake have invested in have, and been really key in, in helping them reach their potential is knowledge that, that has a huge amount of value parking the, the financial investment they're making. Forward. So I think you know, we've, you know, we've got all the checks and balances in place to ensure that we retain control. You know, I, I don't really like the word control, but ultimately that's what people are scared about losing. And as long as you build a sensible um, governance structure around that investment, uh, I think it's it's the future. And um, yeah, we've been really excited by partnership with Silver Lake so far. Yeah, you make a really good point because I was going to say, how brave do you have to be to allay fears that if Silver Lake are tired of it, they sell it to someone out, they sell that share to someone else, and then you're maybe in partnership with someone you don't want to be in partnership with? Yeah, and look, you, you can solve for that in the structure of your deal and having approvals on, on transfer of, of, of the units and all those type of things. So there's, there's absolutely ways to solve for that. I think I think what you, you've got to go back to is, is that ultimately what sports are these days, we, we, we have an economy around our sport that are football fans, and, and the job for us is to, to connect those football fans and commercialise them. It, the minute you lose control of that, 
that is that is when your game is in the wrong hands. And and you know you can do that in many ways. You can sell those fans off to broadcasters and lose control of your game. You can sell that off to sponsors and lose control of your game. So you know private equity investment really is not a lot different to the relationship you have with other commercial enterprises that interface with your sport. So as long as you as long as you structure them the right way, then you know you'd be. I think, in my opinion, it's crazy not to consider that that path. Danny, I really appreciate you giving us an inside thought into how the Silver Lake deal has worked out for you and, and looking forward to the future. I wish you a Merry Christmas and hope that uh, COVID keeps the keeps away and you can keep the, the league rolling along. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and call out to the Wellington Phoenix. You know, they've, for, for now two, going on three seasons, they've, they've um, been in Sydney and away from family and friends and um, they've done an amazing job to keep our competition going. So, yeah, hopefully it's not for too much longer and we can get on top of this Omicron situation and, and get that, that that club back to, to Wellington and to their family and friends sooner or later. So, Dan- yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Dan, Danny, thanks for your time. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Bye-bye.